Yesterday came the return of one of Showtime's most famous TV shows, Dexter. The original series ran for eight seasons. I saw most of it. However, I don't remember the last couple seasons that well. The finale is super famous for probably not what the showrunner wants it to be famous for. However, we'll talk about that while we talk about this first episode. It's called Cold Snap, and it takes place in New York? Well, it takes place, I think, in Massachusetts, but they shot okay. it in New York. Okay, they shot it in New York. His ID says New York, but it does feel a little bit more Midwest. Um, it takes you from Miami, where the original show took place, hot. Uh, the colors were always red and like, but now it's it's very blue and cold. Almost like Resident Alien a little bit. I was going to compare it to that, yes. So the last shot we got of Dexter in his show was him with a giant beard living as a lumberjack. He was sitting in a cabin and he had ditched his sister's body in the bay before he disappeared from Miami. I don't know if he was on the run. I don't remember if he had been caught. I know that there were several close encounters where he almost was dubbed the um, Barbara, Hay Bo Barbara Bay Butcher. I think that he had been figured out by some people, but I'm not sure. Oh, definitely some knows. people. I'm saying like that might be public record and that comes into play later on, but we'll, we'll talk about that. So, because why else would he need a false identity? Well, he is faking his own death. Anyways, in this episode, the first scene, he's running through the snow He's in full getup gear with a gun. And to run through the snow, that's pretty exhausting. Well, I also like the, the song that they're using in the background, the like passenger song, because that you're the dark passenger whenever he's like speaking to you. So it was like, that's a good like kind of meta thing that they you did. You mean when he does the narration? Yeah, right. He's never actually speaking to the audience. He's talking to himself. Right. But like, it's almost like Mr. Robot a little bit. 100%. Oh, you said Mr. Robot? I thought you were going to say you. Oh, I mean, you can count to anything. Really. Yeah, he's lost the beard, though, which is a surprise. I thought maybe this whole season he would have a big lumberjack beard, but he shaved it in the last eight years. And he's chasing what we learned to be a reindeer. Yeah, it looked like it was majestic. It, was a, it, was, <laughs> it looked CGI. Yeah, well, but it also was like he very puts his white. Gun up. He puts his gun up. He's about to shoot the thing. And then he decides, no, this is an innocent creature. It doesn't meet his code. It hasn't done anything. So he's not going to kill it. Which right. was so strange because throughout the episode... That's strange to you? Well, throughout the episode, he continually is, like, kind of following it and always pointing his gun up to it, but just not able to shoot it. Well, that's a reflection of how he has stopped himself from killing anything. He, as he said in the shop, which he lied about, he said, I haven't killed anything since I was a kid or a teenager. teenager yeah. But in reality, he's kind of just an addict in recovery. Um, so, yeah, he's moved from Miami He's now in this snowy place uh, with his truck. He has a farm. He has lambs that he takes care of. He lives in a big cabin. You don't see that farm often in this episode, it's right? It's a Midwest life, yes. But the first five minutes have no dialogue whatsoever. I didn't even notice that. It, it was like an ASMR. You like to bring up <laughs> ASMR all the time. We heard no talking. We heard goats. We heard walking. We heard fishing, like the sounds of all this stuff. Breathing, a lot of breathing. Mm -hmm. Wood chopping, cereal pouring. And knife sharpening. The reason why I was kind of tired while I was watching the first five minutes. Like I wasn't. Because it was like ASMR. Well, it just made me more tired, but I was still enjoying it. I was like watching uh, not a documentary, but one of those uh, independent films. Right. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. And then so is the first voice we hear then Deb? <laughs> yes. So December 2021, that's the date we get. So this is taking place in the future. Mm -hmm. A couple months. Yeah. And what do we. This is this is a big shock to me. Deborah's there. She's she's playing the ghost. I love it. 
Like, it's great. I, first of all, they brought her back out of all the characters that they were going to bring back from Batista to LaGuardia to any of them. I'm glad that it was her because she probably stands for the show like the conscience sort of. And that's what got manipulated in the seventh and eighth season that people really didn't like when she fell in love with her stepbrother, which was gross. But now she gets to play in his mind a more uh, conscious like figure where she's playing sort of what the dad's character played in the first season of Dexter oh so many years ago. Well, she's also a protagonist. She has been kind of the protagonist of the whole show. And even when she's speaking to Dexter, all the things that she's uh, saying to him are like making sense and supposed Eh, to be... Not everything. Later on in the episode, she gives some advice that I disagreed with. But to start with, she's talking to him and they're having sort of the conversation. And as opposed to him talking to himself or us hearing a narration, she replaces that at the beginning. And we know she's not there, clearly, because we saw her die. Well, yeah, and they also show shots to show that. So after we see him in the cabin and we see that's his life, then we have him driving to the tavern or to the town. And you get the Burning For You soundtrack, which I will always associate with Supernatural because that's the song that's constantly playing in the background. Also, there's a later on Supernatural reference, which you probably caught as well, a character who shows up who was very big in that, kind of a villain. So he's pulling down the highway in his truck, and he's stopped by Chief Angela Bishop, a cop. Mm -hmm. She takes out his ID, and this is where I got to do some pausing and checking for, like, the differences between the two shows. First, you got Dexter Morgan as his original name in the Miami show. His name is now James or Jimbo Lindsay. I think a lot of people call me, they're like, Jimmy, it's just a lot of, like, different associations with Jim. And then his birthday, funny enough... In the original show is February 1st, 1971, which is the same as Michael C. Hall's birthday, the person who plays him. But in this show, it's April 6th, 1974, which I don't know if that... So that makes him older then. No. Um, And then she pats him down, but she pats him down way too uh, closely. And you find out that they're actually dating and then they start having sex in the car until Esther interrupts the thing. Esther is the dispatcher. She's in a wheelchair. She's back in town and she's telling Angela that she has to get back to work. Did you actually think that, like, Dexter was possibly going to get fined or something like that when you were watching it? You mean when he was pulled over, he was going to get in trouble? Right. No, not really. It felt more like, okay, we're getting introduced to a character we'll be seeing a lot more. So I thought maybe that was his introduction to that character. But clearly they've been dating for a while now, even though she doesn't live with him. But she does have either a daughter or a younger sister. I think it was a daughter. She did refer to herself as a mom. However, I wasn't sure if it was because kind of like with Resident Alien, where she's kind of taking care of her, her sister as a daughter. I don't know. Right. So anyway, Dexter, what does he do for a living? That's our next question that they solved for us. He is a knife sharpener. Mm -hmm. And he also sells guns. Yes. Yes. He does both of those. So he sells guns. He, He works for a little shop called Fred's, Fred's Fishing Game. And I wasn't sure if Fred was the person who was having that conversation about his adopting a dog. Garfield. Yeah. I, with I, with Brian. His, I don't think it was. It wasn't Fred? I, I don't think it was named after him. But he does bring in donuts. Almost, or, sorry, cinnamon roll, much like the donuts that I brought in in the yes, original series. the donuts were the, in the original series. Dexter would always bring them in and try to connect with people that way. And this, it's bakery sweets called Sweeties Baked Goods. And it's not just donuts, it's other things. It's cakes and such, right? And they were talking about pies a lot too. So Dexter's a sales associate. He's able to afford this giant cabin. I mean, he has his own farm. He has like kind of a big setup outside of town, right? Mm -hmm. So he must have just used his money that he had accrued somewhere else and paid for his stuff there and then took this job. 
Anyways. So do you, so like how do you, I would want to see him kind of like quit his lumberjack job. He doesn't have a lumberjack job. But he was a lumberjack in the finale. No, the joke was because we saw him like chopping wood and stuff is we thought he was a lumberjack. It was funny to call him a lumberjack because he was literally wearing lumberjack clothing with like the checkered outfit and the big beard. I don't actually know if he was a lumberjack. I don't remember. Um, but yeah, so it's hunting season. They're in a town where a bunch of douchebags are going to take over the town and basically go out hunting together in big parties, right? And that's exactly what happens. We get introduced to this main character named Matthew Caldwell. And he's part of the Caldwell Town Fellowship. Like, his dad is a big deal at the town, so he just comes in there with his friends and kind of, like, feels like he owns the place, right? Right. But when he tries to buy this big gun worth $9,000... It's a semi-automatic. Way more than he needs for hunting. Yeah, something that is way too powerful for just taking down like a buck. He's held for processing. So because Dexter does the background check and there were a few progressive ideas that were kind of stuffed in this show. But I was fine with it. Like, they, yeah, that's basically I mean, every show that we're over. taking in. Yeah. And so Dexter is fighting his addiction. Basically, whenever he sees someone doing something douchey, he has to call himself back from wanting to murder them. So this is the first kind of instance of that. Uh, he's kind of like Carrie Matheson in some of the seasons of Homeland. Uh, after the first couple, she kind of gets a control of her bipolarism and she tries to like self-diagnose it. And then in House, he does the same thing. And so it's all about like sticking to a routine and making sure they've done it in a ton of shows where the main character is normally crazy, but is trying to their best to like keep a whole handle on it. Yeah. And Jennifer Carpenter is continually trying to get him back to that like kind of main focal yeah, point. He uses her as his device to keep himself sane, right? It's date night. He's going out with a cop now. We know that Matthew Caldwell is still in town. He's going to be picking up the gun the next day. However, it's Foursquare time at the tavern. So they go there and you see all that people dancing. It reminded me of the Americans when you see Philip dancing right, yeah. in it. Anything else? Uh, well, no, that, that's what I was going to use, but it was hilarious seeing that um, Matthew was the one that was paying for everyone's drinks. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's, he's definitely a well-known figure in the place, but Matt is actually not only buying people drinks, but he is also throwing a party the next day and he invites Dexter to it, thinking that that will be an easier way of him getting the gun. And then he said that there's going to be a lot of red flags there. Now, Dexter does this thing where he's constantly seeming like he's just above board. He's not going to break the rules. I don't know why he's even inviting him to this party. It feels a little kind of forced. At certain points, Matthew's character is so much of a caricature of you have to kill me. (laughs) It's like he's like one of those fish that just plops on your plate and is like, eat me. (laughs) Well, among all the like Dexter villains, which they usually did like a season of villain. They're a little more subtle usually. Right? It, it, but this is the one that's supposed to like pull him back in yeah but he didn't even seem like i mean the guy was a dick but like he was among the weaker villains i thought like it was kind of obvious this guy was well he doesn't make it past thing. this first episode so it's not like he was there to be more than just kind of the initial uh enticement i don't right? know this this pilot reminded me a lot of kind of the punisher where it's like yeah we know you know the character that's but we're good. gonna give you kind of like this i guess i don't know unoriginal story and then like it to really get him like back into what he used to be mm-hmm. then we also meet some other characters there's a girl who goes up and tries to get food who i see in the next episode because they give you the recap right. of, of, the, of the next or not the recap but like the promo promo of the next one yeah and she's going to be there but she's kind of just begging for food and she's not the only one apparently there's a bunch of girls who have like kind of come in there into town and so they have like a shelter set up then you have Audrey, 
the daughter of the chief bishop or lady, and she has too many friends over, so she has to go take care of that. Time to be a mom, as she puts yeah. it. So date night is over, and then we see this stranger show up. Now, we had very few conversations about this show before this show actually started, right? right. Like, I think a week ago when uh, we were like, okay, well, Dexter's coming out again. We should do it. I said, the one thing I don't want them to do is this. They have the opportunity here because in the last season, Dexter had ditched his son and ditched Hannah, which were kind of the things tying him down to Miami. And they were off going to like England or somewhere. Right, they were traveling around. I don't want to say that the son or Harrison or Ash or Cody or whatever their names were pulled the show down. But it definitely, when the character, when your main character is a serial killer and he has to be coordinating his life, when you have them also playing daddy for like half of the last couple seasons, it did take away the believability of it as well as kind of the um, energy from the show. And so I really don't want them to combine them and bring them back together. They're already broken up. Just keep it like that. So the one thing I said is I don't want that scene where... He gets a knock on the door, and suddenly there's a teenage Harrison there, right? Well, he doesn't get a knock on the door, but he does go back to his cabin. (laughs) Yeah, so he goes back to his cabin, and lo and behold, well, actually, he does That's it's the next day, isn't it? Yeah, it's the next day, because we actually see him selling worms again, and the the guy's gun order hasn't gone through yet, and he goes on a lunch break, and uh, there's the protest that's going on. It's basically a petrol station or community... business is running through that town and so a bunch of kids are saying save the planet right stop the drawing yeah Mm -hmm. so then he does get the order from his boss that he has to deliver the gun and it happens to coincide with the party that matthew caldwell said that he was going to throw right there's a couple things there i thought that the boss might have been like hey because he tells him yeah the the hold was taken away and i was like maybe the guy the hold wasn't actually taken away but because they didn't matter Not really, but I thought that that was going to be a reveal that they kind of kept until the ending and then it didn't really go anywhere. Yeah, that was, I didn't see that as the issue. I saw it definitely like, why did he have to deliver the gun right then and there? But he goes to the party. Everybody's like cracked out of their mind, like they're doing drugs and he's having sex with like underage girl in the other room or at least someone who's still in high school because he saw Rebecca earlier talking to the kids and even like said the Hawks, like go Hawks or whatever. So he's aware of like, I think she's actually friends with Audrey, who is, again, the daughter of um, the chief, right? Mm. So he gives the, or before he gives the gun, he gets kind of this weird story. It was so exposition filled. Like, this is part of the show where you I get was Bill, like. Bill, right? Yeah, Bill is Bill. Matthew's friend, and he's a guy that he just met, that Dexter just mm-hmm. met. And Bill just decides to go off into a life story about how terrible matthew is and how he's in charge of actually killing five people and just this coke right in front of him it was so like just out of nowhere it's like you get that he was drugged up so that he was going to just talk and talk and talk however no filter and it felt (laughs) bill was like this stays with between you and me and dexter is like this i'm the person that you tell secrets to die or whatever and how does how how (laughs) if that's the case has Matt been, like, not charged with, like, I don't know, murder or something like this? At no, this Bill point. explained that. Bill said he took the no, die from I understand. Him. And then he I'm said he gets, that, like, $2,000 from him a, but Bill a week is, or a month. Bill is just so willing to say this to him. It was just so, like, I was like... This yeah, guy but I was willing to give the show all that because I really liked how the beginning started and, and the place this was, and this was before the reveal about who the stranger is. Anyways, so you get Matt, who takes the gun and then is 
also coked out of his mind. He's finished having sex with Rebecca and he just kind of like takes the gun and starts pointing it around, almost points it at Dexter. Dexter imagines like knocking him out and killing him then and That there. reminded me a lot of kind of the first season when you had Rita's ex-husband. And yes. Then he, but he actually does did knock t- him out with the pot. Yeah, and it took a few episodes before he actually did kill Rita's ex-husband, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah, so Dexter doesn't attack him there. Dexter goes home. You can tell he's antsy. He wants to like go back to his old life. <laughs> Not in Miami, but, like, right then. He right. wants to, to just take care of this guy. He gets home, and that's when he sees, lo and behold, Harrison. Now, Harrison was born in 2009. I looked it up. It's 2021 in the show. The kid is supposed to be 12 years old. He did not look 12. He looks like he's 16. 16, yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe a little younger than that. However, like, first of all, how did he find him if he's on the run? If no one else was able to find him... I mean, I understand if Hannah maybe had been getting payments and was like, well, I have an address for him, you know, but it just it it just seemed very like, how is this kid the best detective in the world at this age? And why is he showing up this young? And that scene out the whole show, because it it kind of been like because he just confronts him and he's like, are you my dad? (laughs) Well, it's like every scene I've been leaning to something. This scene just felt like they were like, oh, we have to put Harrison in the show. We can kind of like maybe make his introductory scene this. But it was, it was the just... one scene I didn't want. And I was really happy when he told him to go away. However, by then I was like, well, he's probably he's, not going yeah, no, away. He's gonna be in the show. So, yeah, De- uh, Deb de- advises Dexter to basically send him off. That's what he does. And then he has another bad dream where Deb is a fish. <laughs> you know where she just like comes shooting out of the water she's i laughed her, at that part <laughs> she's yeah she's in her hospital gown one thing about the show is that they were really she she looks the same though like i i was surprised she doesn't look older it's been eight years yeah well also when dexter was telling like dexter looks older when dexter was telling harrison though like i'm not that guy i'm like you look exactly like that's you. what he said yeah, yeah. But and then like, he takes out the picture that he had in there and burnt it um yeah so matt this is, this is the part where it gets a little too cliche for me. You get that CGI reindeer, or as they call it, a white buck mm-hmm. again, right? And he's tracked it down, and he's right outside his house. Right, yeah. So this is very far away from town, <laughs> I assume. And he sees it, and then he puts the gun down, and he's like, I'm going to walk over to it. And the second he decides to do uh, that and the music starts, I'm like, that thing is about to die because they do the same exact thing in yeah, so many things. Shadow time. and Bone has a scene exactly like yeah, that. I was like, once again, like, I was Almost a carbon for copy for it. And I knew exactly who was going to kill him and what was well, going to happen afterwards. Was gonna kill him. The thing but, is, it reminded, but, me, it reminded me of Wolverine, the like standalone Hugh Jackman film, where it's like he had the bear and you kind of like... There are certain cliches funny, that are overdone and, then, and that's just one of them. Yeah, but yeah, continue. The, well, the, yeah, the bear was supposed to kind of provide some comedy relief at the beginning of the film and then like 20 minutes in some people kill the bear and then wolverine gets angry and goes to the barn like beats them up it was the same thing done in every single show yeah i mean clearly the white uh buck represented the innocence or his it, it basically was everything that made him a good person now and that just gets murdered in front of him. i was expecting the blood to just splatter all across his face and that's not to hear, but they did do the gunshot. Yeah. And all that. Yeah. <laughs> Who, lo and behold, Matthew comes running up by himself. I almost had I don't understand. <laughs> I don't even understand where his friends were, though. 
Because yeah, well, I mean, it feels like they should have been hunting together. Because the whole point of him having that big gun was to show it off. Show it off to people, yeah. But anyways, somehow he found himself right next to Dexter's property, which I feel like was farther away than it sh- than his house would have been. But he shoots the uh, buck. He runs over. He starts to skin it, and then Dexter knocks him Finally. cold in the same manner that he did back in his room when he imagined it. Except this time, it's for real. And then he talks to himself and says, it's been a long time. But if I'm going to narrator. Yeah, it's the first time where he's actually talking to the audience, which I did find cool. But if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this right. That was right after he spit on the guy. Yeah. Which provides DNA evidence that you were there at the day. But anyways. But we knew we knew the cool part was they used the blood of the buck to cover up the other blood stain. Mm -hmm. And then he takes the body, brings it into the head house, and he does what he does, which is serial Finally, killing. Yeah, sets it up in that manner that he used to. Con- conversation in plastic, right. you know. His trophy blood slides is, are now replaced with broken glass that he gets from I a was lamp glad or he something. That. I was glad that. I, I was kind of like, yeah, yeah you, you, know, see, you don't need that anymore. And then his kill room is now the hen house, but Miami Bay is now an ice hole mm-hmm. because instead of planting the bodies just straight out into the ocean, he's just going to do it in a river, Good which that. is very similar to resident alien because the alien right. who takes over the body also throws the body into the river right, yeah <laughs> so hot is now cold <laughs> all right this is a story of ice and fire <laughs> <laughs> so not listening to debs anymore because debs is obviously against this and he hears one thing from matt that he takes because the matt conversation is kind of like i had a shitty childhood yeah. please spare me blah, right. blah 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 um but it's that he didn't have a father figure and dexter's like well my son doesn't have a father figure <laughs> and so he goes running to uh to pick up his son from the bus stop well that's after happens. he stabs matt i know but and him. and gets rid of the body but he somehow knows when matt is about to leave <laughs> or well, not no, matt no. sorry not matt but harrison is about to leave he told him the bus to get on okay the next got day. it got it yeah. okay anyways he meets him there and he's like i am your dad um <laughs> This is like where if if he does have a warrant out for his arrest or people know who he is or he's like Googleable, <laughs> then uh, Harrison should know all the shit that his dad's right. been at least accused of doing before him. Right, yeah. So the idea that he would just be cool with it or in the dark about all this other stuff doesn't make much sense to me. Um, so, but there were a bunch of things that I noted at the end of the episode that were like, okay, now that I've seen this thing, because that's basically where it cuts off, right? Right, yeah. It, it shows, like, the place that he killed Matt, the outside of That it. there was, like, blood on the ground that right. he missed because he's just, he's been out of it for a while. So <laughs> he's rusty. He's rusty. Yeah, and then, and then it cuts to black. Yeah. So there, there was le- less narration in the episode because it had to work its way up Obviously, to it. Obviously, yeah. I'm wondering if that's because you has so much narration and they were like, well, that stole basically our thing and we want to kind of show oh, that we can gonna... still be independent without having just the dark passenger. Like, it took a vacation. The dark passenger took a vacation. He came back at the very end. There. I, th- I think like, you're going to hear Dexter it. Morgan. But I think you're going to hear it a lot more. <laughs> yes, especially now because we're also introduced to a new serial killer in the promos, but not in this episode. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, and oh, oh, it, obviously the supernatural thing that I was mentioning at the beginning, the yellow-eyed demon is the guy who's playing, I think, Matthew's dad. The one who comes out of the tavern. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And then also with you, the idea was that they killed the wrong dude because, or sorry, they killed the wrong lady because then her husband was in charge of like a um, security firm or whatever. And now he's going to hunt them down. Well, this is just like that because he's killed the wrong 
guy, the wrong douchebag, because that guy's dad is in charge of the town and going to be running a full investigation. It was similar to season four of Dexter. I think it was season four where he like ends up realizing that he's killed an innocent man. And now obviously there's some differences there. Matt was not innocent, but like he kind of killed the wrong person that you were supposed to. But he knew, no, I think he knew what he was getting into. And that's why I was like, I got to do this right. There were four episodes that Michael C. Hall said that if you've never seen the original Dexter, you should see before this, uh, before this new one. Did he include the finale? Uh, no. <laughs> he, he, he said uh, the pilot, obviously. Season 1, episode 10. Um, he just goes through the IMDb ratings and gives you the top four. And he's like, you should just assume it's the best. No, then he said season 3, episode 10, which is the one where you figure out that Jimmy Smith is, is like the evil villain. Then season four. Then Spoilers the getaway. for people who haven't seen the yeah, original but, series. And then the, and then the getaway, season 4 finale. Yeah. Um, other things I noticed. Very clean truck. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I mean, that, I don't think you may maybe you didn't see it, but like they did do a couple shots to it, and he we saw him cleaning it at the beginning. But seriously, there should be more rust on it. I think it's kind of like a two thousand like six Ford or something like that, and he's just fastidious about it. I know that with the show, what they did was they were really scared about weather, so they shot a ton of the exterior scenes first just to get all the snow that they could, and then like kind of incrementally shot more and more interior scenes. Mm-hmm. And what they did with the show was that they made the finale first, and then and they kind of worked back oh, from really? that. Yeah, Clyde Phillips, uh, it, it seems like he's really trying hard to be like, this is going to be a good show. I don't Because understand. so many shows come back, and they're just bad. But so, like, well, this, this one, one wasn't awful, but... This no, one, I like this one. The thing to me is, is that it was just, again, it was kind of unoriginal. There wasn't one thing in the scene... Knowing how bad Dexter got, this was definitely a breath of fresh air. It was like watching a season after a crappy season and being like, oh, well, they, they've actually stepped up their game again. Um, I think there were a couple seasons of House like that where after I just gave up on the show, I was like, well, it just can't... It, it, it like, reattached itself to what it wanted so to like originally be. Six broken. But Harrison, man, I, why are you there? Why do they need Harrison there? Well, he's not going to be... I'm not going to say who, but he's not going to be the only person that comes back. Oh, I thought he was not going to be there. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I mean, if Hannah shows up again looking for Harrison, that wouldn't be too big of a surprise. Um, Originally, what Clyde Phillips wanted to do, how he wanted to end the show before he left, was like, um, Dexter Dexter does get, like, people know that he's a murderer and whatever, and he's about to get executed, and right as he's about to get executed, he kind of looks up and sees all the people that he killed. He mm. never pitched it to anyone. They never took it or anything. I would have done it where he just killed himself, like where he took a knife and he was like, he determined his own fate. I thought that would have been the best way of doing it. The reason that why they ended it the original way is because... Um, they weren't sure if they were going to get season nine. Well, no, they, <laughs> no, they, they said that uh, there's like 14 or 15 notorious killers out there that are around the Oregon and Northern California area. So they decided to end it like kind of more realistically. Mm-hmm. But... Um, oh, that's realistic. Well, but the thing is, is that, <laughs> did you see the storm he rode off in in the finale that he was able to survive? <laughs> that is not like realistic. Sharknado, yeah, yeah. Some of the places that this also or like this remind me of Mare of Easttown a lot because the detective in that knew everybody by first name basis and she and the kind of atmosphere. Well, it's a small it town, right? Also close to Massachusetts, I think, where it took place. So definitely like that. Definitely like Resident Alien. The town kind of looks almost identical to both of those. There was less Deborah than I thought after the beginning scene with her. I was like, oh, is she going to be there all the time? No, she's she's only there to kind of like spit at him sometimes. Um, <laughs> and then uh, the second half sort of lulled for me. The the part with the stranger and Harrison and it, it kind of picked up again when he actually killed someone. But other than that, then also his Legion, like with Legion, he talks to his sister, his dead sister right. a lot. And that, that kind of reminds me of that. If you're looking for anything to compare it to. 
And for me, this is this is kind of exactly the episode that I was expecting. Like I didn't, I didn't really. hear, I didn't hear that Dexter New Blood was going to come back. And I didn't think I was going to think it was amazing by any means. And I'm wondering if it hasn't did. impressed you this far. It has like a 67 percent on Rotten Tomatoes, and people are like, yeah, it's clear that they're trying to go a separate way with it, somewhat of a more interesting way with it. But also, did it really have to come back? And that's kind of where I am. I'm like, yeah, it was a fine episode. I never was really bored, but I want to see him actually do stuff you know try to make up for the terrible finale that you gave fans and everything yeah i i will say that with the first few seasons you couldn't always tell where it was going to end up by the end of the season right right so this could just be like you won't know until episode seven eight nine whether or not this actually pays off right and the harrison but i don't feel like there was enough flaws in this first episode to give it a 67 percent. oh no I, i'm gonna keep watching but the harrison storyline almost felt like it could have been shown later a little i mean you could have had not not had at all which probably made it better but it could have been later on in the series it ties well. him down too much right at the start like you 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 got rid of this problem in such a perfect way he's away he's being raised by another person he's only 12 years old he doesn't have to be looking for you quite yet you can have this season where he's just this independent serial killer again. What do you think made the first season so great? Mm -hmm. He didn't have that many ties in the first season. He was basically just having a dating life that he had to cover up from. Right, yeah. And that, and he still had people on his tail, like dokes and stuff, who, right. who were suspicious of him. You could have done that again here. So, yeah, I could probably go on and on and on about how much I don't like that storyline, but I will. But because Harrison isn't like, oh, man. He can't even live at home right now without talking to Harrison because Harrison's going to be there all the time. Right, yes, and he's going to, and if they continue on the story like Carl with The Walking Dead, where Harrison has like these inklings because he also saw Rita get murdered, remember? Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, oh, God. I hope Harrison doesn't have a dark passenger. That'd be so dumb to have like a 13 year old Dexter's like on. tutoring. Yeah. Oh, man. All right. In the promo episode, they have like him fighting a clown. I don't know what that's about. <laughs> But it, it looked like some, some wonky stuff that's going to happen in the future. And Quinn was... Uh, Clyde Phillips said we're not going to mention Quinn at all huh. in the series. He was like, Quinn wasn't a terrible character. I just remember he knew what Dexter did. Well, yeah, that was the whole point of his character. But I think they're trying... Again, that's the trying to get rid of it into its own show. I wish that this what? was season nine. <laughs> I wish this is... I, I wish that this was season nine of Dexter because I know that it doesn't care, but it could have hit syndication and I feel like it could have, it, like it's supposed to be the You're saying season. it can't hit syndication because it's not? It, the original was the 96 nine? episodes. Yeah. And I think that since this is Dexter New Blood. It does have its own separate Wikipedia page. So if that's anything to go off of, then clearly this is a separate show. Yeah, but like it didn't feel like it. <laughs> it felt like I was watching Dexter season nine. Well, I was hoping to get an intro, you know? And did, and you think you got it? No, there was like there was that really quick flash of all this different stuff that happened to him, and then like Dexter oh, New Blood. You meant like actual? Yeah, intro. the yeah. the original intro, yeah. the original Showtime intro. I think won awards for being like the most creative of its time. And Clive, and then, and Clive Phillips was like, "Yeah, we we're deciding to just like cut that completely." <laughs> that's a curious decision. I mean, I don't hate I don't hate the short intros because sometimes shows like to just. I don't know. Well, one of my favorite parts of Dexter was when they had the intro in the actual episode. I think it was the season two finale where it's like they you saw the intro and then they you actually saw it again as you see like him kind of going through his day after he's well. They did, yeah. They did make mention or they did show him like cooking stuff in this episode, like adding Tabasco sauce to things. So he they did kind of but they skipped pay the homage <laughs> to the previous intro. Well, no, he was already clean shaven. I know that's episode. what I was saying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
it would have just been an extra funny thing if, like, a little mini reindeer had, if he had adopted a reindeer at the end, once, like, a Bambi-type issue. They could have done that over the Harrison thing. I would have preferred that. Yeah. So, overall, how Overall, you... I would give it a solid 9 for a first episode because it impressed wow. me. I, I give liked it, like, it. a 7 because I think it's, it was substandard. It was kind of what I was expecting. As substandard is actually, like, a 6. Uh, 6 isn't too bad. <laughs> I'll give it a 6 as well. Okay. All right. Well... No, I mean, I'm saying for you, if you're going to say substandard and then give it a seven, that's average. I'll give it, yeah, so six. All so right. in between, seven, so we have a 7.5, basically. <laughs> well, I think that's it for the first episode. Thanks for listening. We'll see you on the next one. Bye. Bye. Bye.